This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie during the last two years, masks, hand sanitizer, contact tracing, social distancing and screens and all that stuff have been part of the daily routine for every business that has kept its doors open. With all this changing with the lifting of restrictions, we thought it would be a good idea to have an expert in health and safety on the programme. So before we came on air, I spoke with Margaret Kirby of Health and Safety Review. And before joining this publication, Margaret has amassed over 20 years experience in a variety of senior roles in health and safety and I put it to her that after the last two years this aspect of business has moved front and centre in the operation of every business. Well, I think you're very correct with that. Uh, the whole role of health and safety has really uh, climaxed over the last couple of years and it's become more important to the employer and to the employee and there's a lot of health and safety language that is now come into everyday language the words PPE and uh, FFP FFP to face mask it's suddenly become common language for people so it's it's good in lots of ways and lots of employees you know want to see a lot of health and safety practice in the workplace especially because it is such a an impact on everyday life it's not only relevant to what we do in our job it's it's so relevant to our families and to our home life as well so yeah health and safety has definitely grown over the last couple of years and in absolutely every workplace and home it was important Yes, for sure. And a lot of our readers um, with the Health and Safety Review, they come from so many different backgrounds. We have people from manufacturing, construction, retail, transport and storage, you know, people that work in in offices, financial centres, education. It's There's no sector that has been untouched um, by all of the different changes that have come into play over the last couple of years. Yeah, one of the features, I suppose, was uh, the difficulty and the challenge of keeping up with the changing and Involving uh, restrictions, requirements, and so on. That must have been quite a thing. We had different phases for a while. We had different levels of restrictions in different parts of the country. We had easings of lockdowns and so on. When you cast your mind yeah. back, it was really huge. Yes, yes. And I, I think, you know, businesses have had to work really hard to try and keep up to date and to stay compliant with legislation, with good practice. And the main piece of, I suppose, information that was changing many times during the last couple of years was the Work Safely Protocol. And that was being issued by the Department of Enterprise at various intervals during the last couple of years and one of the things that we've worked very hard at in the health and safety review is just taking this complex information and putting it into a format that somebody in a business environment whether they're a health and safety person or whether they're the, the, the manager of the workforce they can just take this information it's simple it's concise it spells out what they need to do and they can adapt it into their own work procedures into their own risk assessments or training documentation so yeah, it's 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 been challenging for businesses 
to pick out, well, what do I need to do in my work environment? And that's something that the Health and Safety Review has been very active in just trying to make that information as simple and as easy as possible for our readers. Now, just uh, a little over two weeks ago, uh, the government surprised many people by more or less lifting all the restrictions, uh, it seems. But uh, on the 31st of January, uh, Tánis de Leo Varadkar, who's of course the Minister with Responsibility uh, for Business, uh, published a transitional protocol of good practice. And that covers areas of requirements, but also good practice. Can you take us through it and first tell us, you know, face masks, uh, what are the restrictions, if any, that remain and, and what's best practice? Okay. Well, the the protocol, um, John, as you mentioned, came out on the 31st of January and um, like the protocol has been reduced from a 70-page document to, I think it's just over 17 pages at, at this stage. So, as you said, a lot of the restrictions have been dropped and that's quite a big uh, change for both employers and employees. And, you know, the... The issue around face masks, there's been so much talk about face masks over the last two years and when to wear one, when not to wear one, what type of face mask to wear between the the medical mask, the surgical mask, the FFP2 mask. So where we're at now with the transitional protocol, um, they've brought in changes that uh, face masks are no, are, they have made changes that a face mask is only required in certain work environments and that's uh, related to public transport things like taxis if you're in a retail premises like a shop if you're in a public office and uh, in premises where food has been prepared and served so that's a big change for a lot of businesses because we would have just been getting our heads around that we you know if we're working in an office environment we must wear a face mask and this requirement is there until uh, February 28 at the moment and again this could change uh, you know around that time again so we're going to have to watch the legislation connected to the wearing of face masks and that's not to say there's some employees you know they may be going back to uh, a work environment or already in it and they might want to continue wearing a face mask because it does offer a certain level of reassurance and that can be either physically for other people looking at them or for the person themselves and we have to bear in mind some people also might have particular health issues where they they might be more susceptible and if they're more comfortable wearing a face mask whether it's a a requirement or not you know it remains uh, it remains down to the employer to, to do a risk assessment around it as well mm. so yeah face masks it's a it's a hot topic you know and I don't think they're I think they will remain part of our future in some form or other yeah uh, maybe not uh, legislatively required but uh, you know advised and people often feel safer with them moving on yeah. to another thing uh, contact logs and people for over the last two years required to sign in and sign out and all that sort of stuff. Where's um, the requirement in relation to that at the moment and where does it stand vis-a-vis requirements anyway on employers to, to know where their staff are? Yeah, so, you know, contact logs were a, a very big part of the first uh, protocols and if someone was coming into a workplace that they would have to sign in and their contact details, name and phone number and all of that was being stringently recorded. It's now moved away from that where there's a, I suppose, a more of a focus on that if there was an outbreak of COVID in a workplace that there would be some history or record of the people that uh, had been in that workplace or that were present at that time so it's it's not as stringent as the official contact log that we were familiar with, but it, it is there is still requirements around recording the details of people um, that may have come into the premises 
and being there in the event that the COVID, there's a COVID outbreak in that premises. So, you know, it's it's still there that we still need to have records around uh, people coming into the workplace. Yeah. Now, one of the things, I was in a, a premises last week and I saw on the floor big marks and I kinda, it dawned on me that those were where they had marks for people physically distancing and they'd taken them up. Uh, pretty much yes. after uh, the the yeah. government announcement, what's the requirement on employers in relation to the two metre physical distancing now in offices and workplaces? Okay, well, the the two metre distancing is something that has caused a lot of businesses challenges over the last two years, as you can imagine, because a lot of workplaces would have struggled to provide that level of distance between their workers, and. A big change in this protocol is the two metre distance uh, is gone and and that's quite a dramatic change because people are so, I suppose, used to hearing this message and seeing the signage and uh, standing a certain distance away from others and we've become nearly ingrained that this is the way we live our lives. So it's, it's a big change because even I was speaking to a business owner there last week and he was talking to me about people in the canteen, you know, before this transitional protocol came in, they had segregation barriers between uh, their staff sitting in the canteen and there were screens between them and staff felt safer and now they're allowed to sit side by side and and that's okay, that's in compliance with this guidance document but at the same time I suppose being in business like you have to be aware that some people might not be totally comfortable with that straight away mm. and it's all about I think talking to talking to your staff and communicating really well with them as to what they're actually comfortable with too. Just because the, the distance requirement is gone, um, it will still take some time for people to become used to this change in behaviour because it is a significant change in behaviour and it's, it's a very visible one. When you walk into a space, whether it's an office, a canteen, a manufacturing floor, you see straight away how close or not people are to each other. and we have to, I suppose, become comfortable with the idea, well, it's okay for me to be closer now than it was a week ago. So that, that will take time. And, you know, good good communication with staff uh, is so important around this time. And it's, it's about talking to staff and, you know, listening to them. If they are concerned about any of these changes, if they do want to maintain a certain level of physical distancing is what they call it now you know it's really about working with staff to just make sure that if some of these things need to be carried on for a little bit longer until they're more comfortable well that's okay too mm. finally and um, briefly um hand washing and you know hand sanitizer keeping windows open ventilation presumably yes. all that stuff is still very important Yes, that, that still stands and we've all been, I suppose, well trained in all of those aspects of hand hygiene and, you know, coughing into our elbow. The ventilation aspect of it, John, is very much uh, a big topic and it's going to be important for anyone in business to examine their ventilation systems, especially if they have, you know, an older building and 
doing a ventilation assessment, putting it into your risk assessment documentation, it's all going to be, I suppose, something that's going to stay with us for the foreseeable future. And, you know, a lot of people will need some sort of support and advice around, well, how do I know if my ventilation is good enough? This this is an airborne virus and it's something that travels when we breathe. So ventilation and fr- plenty of fresh air is going to be so critical to make sure that people are, are happy in workspaces. So it's something I think um, businesses will just have to keep on their radar and they'll probably just need to make sure that they do have a, a ventilation assessment of their workplace done where they're looking at have I got natural ventilation, mechanical ventilation, how do I improve ventilation so I bring in plenty of fresh air without impacting on thermal comfort of my staff and um, how many people are in the space how how much what type of activities are done this is the type of thing that employers and businesses will have to look at in terms of looking at ventilation in their own workspaces and all of this stuff that i've talked about you know ventilation and uh, physical distancing and all of it has to go back into the business's safety statement and risk assessment, John. And I'll, I'll stress that because that's a legal requirement. The risk assessment documentation is a legal requirement under the Health and Safety at Work Act. And whatever a person, an employer, does in the workspace, they change it. If they introduce, uh, you know, new requirements, it's just to make sure that they tie in whatever's happening in reality with their paperwork, because all all of that is key to compliance under health and safety legislation. Okay, Margaret. Well, a pleasure talking to you. That's Margaret Kirby, uh, correspondent with Health and Safety Review. Ie. Thanks for joining us this morning, Margaret. Thanks so much, John. It's been a pleasure. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.